This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 604, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboys Pick of the Week podcast, episode 604. I'm Josh Flanagan, along with my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. You made it out. I did it. All right, and Ron Richards. So relieved Connor's okay. Uh, again. How again. many times are we going to let him do this to listen, us? Listen, we're just living, living on the edge, Connor, every, every week. Every I week. Changed, I've really changed this time. <laughs> Things are going to be different. <laughs> and this time, I mean it. We are a fanboy every week. We read our stack of comics, and we mean it. And one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books, stuff from the week, books that we call it. We'll talk about the patron pick. Uh, there may be a corner. I don't even know. I haven't looked on the, the schedule that far. Or the script? That's the word. Wow. Uh, TV, I'm telling Did you, you just dude. wake up? I mean, in a way, it's a, <laughs> I'm never waking up. Uh, if we have time, we will read some listener mail, and then we will, uh, we're going to riff on that. That's kind of what we do. That's, a, that's giving away something that'll be fun. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There will be spoilers. We'll talk about what happens in the books. If you haven't read them, that's your own fault. Come back after you have or be forewarned. Connor, you had the pick. This week, the pick was Detective Comics 965. And did you guys, like, in your early 20s or maybe your teens, ever have a girlfriend who simultaneously drove you nuts but also thrilled you? Yes. No. Okay. Yes, I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. 
Uh, and Josh, you, you did too. I know you did. I know. I know. I just, you said early 20s, and I was like, it doesn't matter since then. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was that like, was, oh, wait, things happened before that. That was Detective Comics 965 for me, written by James T- Tiny in the fourth and drawn by Eddie Barrows. Um, this is the first part of A Lonely Place of Living, which is. Uh-huh. Which is a homage to A Lonely Place of Dying, which is a storyline that introduced Tim Drake way back in the 90s. And the cover is a homage. That's an insider reference. Fun fact, uh, I was gifted that series for Christmas one year when uh, part of my great family just walked into a comic shop going, my kid likes comics. And I would get random DC books for Christmas. And I'd go, oh, these are great. (laughs) Thanks. That was my first Batman issue. The first part? Batman. Or I don't even think it was part two. By the uh, way, not, I've been following the tradition for a long time. The first one I picked up was part two. Go me. The, so not the not the issue that was on the homage on the cover. No. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, that was the storyline that introduced Tim Drake. So in this, so we as we've been following along, uh, we've all thought Tim Drake has been dead. But we, we well we knew he was alive, but the characters thought he was dead. Batman was was told he was alive recently. He's been searching for him. So here we finally get some time with Tim Drake who is under the care of Mr. Oz, who we all know is groaningly Jor-El. Um, which is interesting because, and it's also the really great variant cover in which Tim Drake is inside the Krypton, Kryptonian uh, rings, which looks like uh, from Superman 2. Did anybody else read this? Nope. Okay, I don't know how much explaining I had to do. All right, a so lot, I, a I, lot. I, Listen, I, Connor, you've got a lot of explaining to do. I'm going to go page by page, panel right. one. Now, I remember that, I remember that, like, Dick, Tim Drake had been spirited away by something or someone and then they just kind of left it there and everybody thought he was dead so there's been no progress on that front since then well we have we have seen him in like a prison and being held by the mysterious cloaked character mr oz a little bit here and there but we haven't really spent much time with him who was uh, revealed two weeks ago in a superman comic right to be Jorel, and he is also right. revealed as, as such here um yeah. so what we get here is they retell the origin of tim drake as mr oz and him have a discussion about who he is in relation to the world and it's basically the same origin from his original origin, although they've replaced the memories with the terrible costumes. And but it's and there's even like some redrawn panels and pages, including if you guys remember that very first page we saw him in the in the Neil Adams redesigned costume that Norm Brayfogle drew, drew mm-hmm. uh, where after he had finally gotten the Robin suit with the fist up in the air. Yeah, we even, we even get a redrawn uh, page of that with a slightly different costume. Um, it was a good costume. That was a good redesign. It was. And also, yes. in the background, we have the uh, tubes holding the old costumes, including the old original Robin costume, which, again, not in this continuity, but whatever. Who cares? Nothing <laughs> makes sense. Nothing matters. Um, I love that this is like, it just keeps you up at night, doesn't it? I, I do like that. Yeah. It does. And, 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 and being angry about it was part of the enjoyment I had. When I finished reading this issue, I was really sort of frustrated, but also really found it interesting and thrilling and fun. And good. and. And so, therefore, it was the one that had me the most excited. So, engaged. Most of this comic is literally a conversation between Jorel and Tim Drake as they go through his life. Um, and then at the end, Tim hacks, hacks he hacks the computer and get, frees himself from the spinning uh, spinning discs, you know, that the Kryptonians use for for prison in the movies. Frees uh... frees himself and then by accident opens up all the prison cells when he's trying to open up one of them and frees who he thinks is Batman. Turns out it is him from the future as Batman, even though he claims he was never going to be Batman. Da, da, da. And then 
And then they both accidentally open up a, a cell holding Doomsday, which I rolled my eyes at. But Doomsday versus Batman and Robin is, a, is an interesting story because I've never seen that. So, which is surpri- in 2017, surprising. Right. Also, also, another continuity problem which kept me up at night last night was that uh, we were told in the New 52 that Tim Drake was never Robin, if you recall, that he was Red Robin. because I he literally don't recall. He wouldn't take the Robin moniker because he thought it was disrespectful to Jason. Yes. Although here we see him in a regular Robin costume being called Robin in the flashbacks. So, again, nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. But uh, we can all agree that the double R on the chest is stupid. Is that, is that, is that our next t-shirt? Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> um, really great art by Eddie Barrows. He's terrific. I've always been a big fan of his. Yeah. And just a really great conversation about the character of tim drake a character that has i think we can also all agree been really underserved in the last six years he's a character that a lot of fans grew up with came into comics for for a lot of fans uh rightly or wrongly he's their robin and he has been shunted to the side in favor of damien i know for a fact there are people at dc who do not like damien and hate having to write him and don't understand why dc is pushing him um, I get the sense here that James Ty- Tiny in the fourth feels that way as well because there's a lot of affection here for Tim Drake and his history and his character. And it is unfortunate that he is not the Robin, you know, despite the fact that he's wearing the Robin costume. Right. Um, and so it made, it made me happy to return to a time because those were great comics and, and to a time where Tim Drake was Robin. Even, even though Dick Grayson's my, my Robin always and forever. Not um, my Robin. Hashtag not hashtag. my Robin. Damien, uh, it was, just, it was, it's sad to, to know you'll never get back to a place where Tim Drake is the primary sidekick because he worked really well with Batman. He was a nice foil to Batman. He wasn't Dick Grayson. He was very computer minded. Uh, he was a great detective, which was something that D- Tim, uh, Dick Grayson never was. And, uh, he was pleasant to be around unlike Damien. So um, <laughs> the vitriol for Damien, which is the which worst is thing Grant Morrison ever did. I was going to say, which is funny because, he, you know, Grant is I mean, Connor. If you have to look back on the Grant Morrison Batman years, are you pro or con them? Everything. I'm pro them because we liked Damien at the time. And then right, they got yeah. rid of him because Grant Morrison ended his story. And he was such yeah. a uh, specifically Grant Morrison creation. And it worked in the context of the story that he was telling. And then the story ended and yeah. it killed off Damien. As well, I remember said, those uh, first two or three issues of whatever the Batman series Batman was. That was quietly, yeah. Like yep. those first two or three issues were perfect issues. Those are like legendary single issues. Yep. But yeah, since then, it's just that you know DC never met a thing they wouldn't run into the ground, and they they for some reason decided to bring him back and have him be the primary Robin, even though it ruins everything. But here, for one brief moment, anyway, you get um, you get to have Tim Drake in the spotlight and. Well, obviously they're bringing him back. Batman's looking for him. He's alive now. He's escaped. He'll he'll make his way back into the fold. And so people who've been missing Tim Drake, people who are Tim Drake fans who haven't really gotten a chance to really enjoy him as a character in the last six years, uh, should should read this issue because you get the you get like classic Tim Drake here, um, despite the double R in his chest. I feel like there's a better way to to show a double R. You know, maybe maybe a little drop shadow. Oh, look, look at the, who who brought the designer. Hello. <laughs> but, uh, this is a great Tim Drake issue. He 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 uses his smarts. He uses his computer skills. He I mean he's he's this is the guy you remember being. Cool. And uh, plus the 
there was always that tension, even in the old days when he didn't want to be Batman. He didn't want to live like Batman. He didn't want to have that future. But there was always the idea that he would end up being that Batman. And we, we would see that often in future stories where he would somehow end up being Batman. And here it's and sort of. I always like that. Yeah. Because it, it, it made sense in the fact that it didn't like you can't get away from your destiny. Whereas I mean, I like I know like Dick Grayson isn't going to he's Dick Grayson is one of the only characters to be able to transition that way to a different character, different superhero character, more or less. And have it stick and work. Now that happened forty years ago, so it's not like we haven't had time to live with it. But I, I like that he seems to be the most obvious choice for going to be Batman. But he was never going to be a Batman. He, I mean, he was for a little bit, but you know what I mean. And and that that sort of story of of Tim being on that trajectory while being so different than Batman was always really interesting. So. Yeah, and so it was nice to see them return to that where he's like, yeah. "Yep, I'm you from the future." Ha ha. <laughs> and then, <laughs> So uh, it was a really great, if, 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 if partially infuriating issue, but uh, that's fine. I think emotional reactions are a good thing when you're reading something. You don't have to love everything that happens in a comic. It's getting uh, to be fun now for us because yeah. we can just be like, oh, here's a stupid thing that we can complain about. <laughs> so Detective 965, if you're a Tim Drake fan, it's a must read. Hey, can we, can we rearrange this a little and go right into action comics since it's related? Sure. Yes. Wow. I, I don't have a ton. Well, wow. it, on the fly. Go for it. Yeah, it's I fun. Know. Good thing we're professionals, uh, Josh. Action Comics number 988 uh, by Dan Jurgens and Ryan Sook. By the way, more Ryan Sook in everyone's lives would be great. That's um, agreed. Uh, how do you. Uh, I, uh, this uh, this JRL thing seems stupid. Yes. And also <laughs> that we just did it. Like the, the, the Manchester Black thing, it's just yeah. like a mysterious man in the hood is a different character. And, if, and it's JRL, like. They're not going to really make it Jor-El. Like, I don't believe it. And actually, before Manchester Black, it was whoever Mitch's, Mitch's Pitlick. So it was the mystery of who is Clark Kent. And it is the right. mystery of this. And the Like, how many times are we going to do that? A lot of mis- is it mystery comics or action comics? Right? Yeah. Well, I will, I will say this. Between this comic and Detective Comics, you had a lot of Mr. Oz. And there is clearly a giant flashing light saying there's someone behind all this. And I have to only assume it's Dr. Manhattan. Because somebody pulled him out of... Krypton before he blew it blew up, and then someone sent him to Earth, and someone zapped him out in Detective. So I, I, you can only assume that uh, because he showed up in that DC Rebirth issue for the first time, and that was all about Watchmen. Again, I know that I know that everyone is Watchmen paranoid, but I, I have to believe that that this is all Doctor Manhattan's doing because it's all about Superman versus Doctor Manhattan in, in that storyline that's coming up. So yeah, that's... I have to believe at the end of the day this is all Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, but this is. It's just like I feel like Superman was going in a direction. Yes, no, I agree with you. This is stupid. This is totally stupid. It it's looks really great. stupid. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it, and, it, and it's not even not comics, but I I just I I keep like we've talked about Superman more in the last two years, a year and a half since we have in in forever. But half the time it's like, what are you doing? You're you're on a good you're on a good pace, and then you gotta gotta do this. But at the same time, like I don't know, it's kind of like a '70s story. I can't really fault them for it. But yeah, I, like I, 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 just, I agree with that, totally. I just don't, like, I think there's certain, certain sacred cows in comics as much as we often say there aren't any. But, like, you don't fuck with Jor-El, you know? That's kind of what, yeah. <laughs> you don't fuck with Jor-El, listen. I mean, Superman's origin is sort of sacrosanct. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't bring back Jor-El as an asshole. And that's why I don't buy it. Like, we're getting that a lot lately. Is that a thing that's always happened where, like, a revered character from the past comes back or a current one becomes an asshole. Like that's the new thing. 
I mean, we yeah, had we, to sit through it with Steve Rogers. We've had, you know, we got to do it over and over again with, you just said, Tim Drake from the future comes up and pretty much laughs at his current. No, no, that, that was me. I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, he, 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 was, he was using a gun, so we'll say that. Well, there you go. Um, like, but, there's this, I don't know, it's like we're, we keep tearing down the heroes over and over again, in a way. The, the I, feel idol. Like, I feel like, in particular, Captain America and Superman, uh, modern creators are uncomfortable having straight-up heroes. They have to, they have to tear them down a little bit. You think they are, or I don't know. Is it like some punk re- punk rock ethos? Is it is it they think the audience doesn't want that, or they, they just go straight? I don't know. It, it, it's happening over and over there. It's it's interesting, not necessarily good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I like you said. I don't buy that. This is. I don't buy this at face value. Mm-hmm. God, I hope it's not at face value. But um, I mean, even if it is, it isn't permanent. But it just means we're sitting through it and. I don't know. He also, he also has really annoying hair. He looks, yeah, he looks really bad. That that, that being said, like I'm glad you're focused I, on the important things. <laughs> I still think that like this Dan Jurgens. I don't want to say revival, but he's been he's been fun to have there because at least he just doesn't feel like everything else. It feels like everything he, else that used to be. He writes the character really well. I mean, the, yep. I mean Super, yep. Superman's good in this issue. It's just oh, uh, it's just the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's a flashback to. His grandfather and I was like, "Oh no, are they laying the groundwork for the Krypton TV show? Because it's about his grand, it's about Superman's grandfather." Uh, but then, oh, I keep forgetting that exists. But then Superman's grandfather here is a super asshole. So I was like, "Maybe not. Maybe not." Is that a new thing? Yeah, there's a show on Sci-Fi Network called Krypton. No, no, I mean, uh, this the I don't I don't know if I know about history of Superman's family. I don't I don't really know much about it either. Okay. Yeah. You know who would know? Mark Wade. Not that that helps us at all right now, or but B- I'm pretty sure. Be sick. Him too. Yep. It was weird for sure. Yep. Okay. Right. Okay. That, I just wanted to confirm that that we're no, in the no, same no. place. Are you guys Are you guys done with DC Corner? <laughs> well, it sounds like looks like that next corner is really gonna. We're gonna be socked in here for a while. This happened to Marvel Legacy. I had I fell asleep in the middle of it, not because it was boring. It was because I started reading it late at night and not realizing it was sixty pages. Yeah. And I got. I, I, did, I, I was like, I did that at some over point. Soon. I looked. I t- t- tapped the screen to see the page count, and I was like, "Oh." I will I admit, like, I, I will, I, I will admit, I failed with Marvel Legacy number one in not being prepared for what it was before opening up the comic, because I thought I, I didn't realize that this was. Oh, this is the big book that is setting the plate for everything to come. I thought it was like the next Civil War two number one right. or or Secret Empire. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the thing is, Marvel's done this before, where they 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 put out a big book that is like this is the table set. Like I, I feel like Marvel now had one of these or whatever, where you got all the little the different artists showing the different directions the whole universe is going to go in. Had I known that up front, I probably wouldn't have been as annoyed when the art went from Isad Ribic to anyone else because. Well, I- well, I originally holy shit you, was that art good. When you originally heard about it, it was Jason Aaron and Isad Rubik doing Marvel Legacy number yeah. one, and I too thought it was the post whatever yep. you know event reset or the miniseries reset. So yeah. I was all excited for it. And then you're right, once it switched, I mean, it, look, it switched to Somni, it switched to Dowderman, it switched to Alex Maleev. I mean, super imminent. These aren't slouches. No, yeah, but I was disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I didn't know that's what it was, and and it stung even more because the Isad Ribic stuff just looked so like. I'll admit, like when I heard about the prehistoric Avengers or whatever Jason dreamt up for this, I was I I you know, despite my predilection for Mister Aaron's work um, and enjoyment of what he's done at Marvel to this date um, and personal relationship, 
Um, I, I rolled my eyes a little bit and I was like, oh, come on, whatever. But like those first few pages of this, I was, I, I was like, this is great. I want, I, I want to know where this is going. And then to have it switch gears to Steve McNiven or, you know, even, even to people who I like, like Jim Chung and Eminem and Somni and stuff like that. Um, well, I was like, oh, I just want the Ribic story. I want that. I want this. Um, but that said, I was very curious what you guys thought of the few Somni pages of Captain America that we saw, because I hate to say it, but called it. What did you call? The, the future of C. Rogers is be Captain America earning back the trust of America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, that's like you called that the sun was going to come up the next morning. The but, sun's I coming mean, up tomorrow, Connor. The, Connor, the sun's uh, coming up tomorrow. It was one page. We, we don't know that. <laughs> um, like... Yeah, I mean that's not we we talked about it before. I'm not super looking forward to that. I wish they'd just started clean slate, but they can't do that. Um, right. This is a this was a mixed bag as you would expect. It's 60 pages, lots of different short stories. I mean, so we see that young Wolverine is back, which we which we, I didn't expect to happen. And and I didn't uh, expect to happen either. And of all people to do it, it makes sense that Jason did it, considering his history at Wolverine and stuff like that. You yeah. know, I mean, I guess he was inside the statue. He, well, he wasn't a statue. It was he. Remember, he had a liquid adamantium poured on him. Oh, right. right. That's what it was. Him. You're right. You're right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we had that. We. Had, I tried. Uh, I tried to block that out. By the way, I, I really thought that we were stuck with Old Man Logan for a long time. I, I'm very surprised they went in this direction. We have some sort of reformed Fantastic Four, although only with the with the thing and Human Torch. Then we have. Uh, we have Mr. Fantastic and Visible Woman some off in space with their kids, although we never see the Mr. Fantastic. I want I don't understand that part. Yeah. Um, and, well, I think that, I mean, that's, the, that's the big mystery is that they're they're um, they're off seeing uh, other universes in the multi. But well, I thought the multiverse was gone. Like that. That's a little confusing. So. Multiverse is never gone. It's never far from never, our hearts. Never gone. So. Um. I mean, it, it was enjoyable, but, you, you know, as you said, it was an overview of things to come. So, right. like, it, it, it wouldn't have been... It's a, it's a taste of the future of Marvel, basically. Right. It wouldn't have been pick of the week because it was just, it was all over the map. But right. uh, there were things in here I really enjoyed. I, yeah. I really enjoyed sequences. As you said, all the stuff with Isad Ribic, I really liked. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't really have any, any connection to some of those characters. Yeah. Um, but some of these, some of these things I didn't even know what I was looking at, like the Jarvis one page. Yeah. Like I wasn't sure what that was supposed to mean. Well, I, I think uh, that, I think that's the point, though, is that it's supposed to it's supposed to pique your curiosity, so you go. No, I totally get it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, you know, the, the thing is, like, it's a mixed bag. You know, like Isad Ribic, amazing. Maliev, great. You know, Akuna was great to see. Jim Chung, great to see. Eminem, great. You know, even Ed McGinnis. Yeah. You know, but and Dowd Dow, Dow, I like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, the Greg Land, the Diodato, the Diodato page page pages had had me kind of, you know, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look so great. Um, but it's it's Marvel. It's what to what to expect. But I, I, I for me, it was the the Ribic. I mean, the Ribic stuff just looked like like next level, like European stuff. I mean, I know. So he, is that going to be a book? I think so. I think that's that's what that that's the that, that's the major thing that Jason's been working on. Um, okay, then I'll I will yeah. read that because that was fun. Yeah. So. Um, so I mean, I, so how do you how do you feel about? I mean, before we get into the, the generation stuff, how do you feel about the future of Marvel with all reading all these things? Uh, future looks bright, Connor. Let me tell you that. Uh, no, um, I, I'm I'm more interested in a lot of this than I have been reading Marvel lately. Yeah, so. no, I think I think I think the I mean, as mu I don't want to lean into the guy in his 40s who's been reading comics since his 80s stereotype, but right. go you know like because, embrace it, right? But because like because I don't want to dismiss some of the other edgier books that have caught criticism over the past couple of years. 
you know, your, the squirrel girls and, and wasp and, and what have you and all stuff like that, because I think there was some good stuff in there. There was some question, some questionable stuff in there as well too, but there's questionable stuff with the, with the average 40 something year old comic fan superhero art too, you know? So it's, it, it, as long as it's good, I'm happy. And, but this definitely had me for 60 pages, which is a lot. It had me more excited than not excited. You know, like I, I there wasn't, there wasn't a, a ton in here that I was rolling my eyes at. There are 53 books on the Marvel checklist at the end. Yeah, I saw that checklist, and I, I saw that checklist, and I, I, I almost did a spit take. I could have not read it. You obviously could have. I mean, not like, read it. yeah, I don't think it was. Well, like, I, like yeah. I was gonna, I would have, like, I would have, I'm gonna read what I was gonna read from that anyway. Right. Like there was nothing there that I, so I was kind of like, oh, I'm watching, I'm watching a commercial here for stuff right. that I was gonna do anyway, which I tend to not do. Right. So it was, it was fine, I guess, but yeah. Fair. Um, but the one good thing is that it also coincides with the wrapping up of the Generations event, which I believe is now over with these last two books, right, Connor? So these are the last two. I, th- I believe these are the last two. A bunch and- of stuff ended this week. Uh, Infamous Iron Man ended this week. We're going to talk about Nick Fury in, in a minute. Ended this week. Last week, all new Guardians of the Galaxy ended. This ended. Like, there's a lot of Marvel books wrapping up. For well, this we week. we talked about this last week when you weren't on the show, but we're in that we're in that weird never space of Marvel where yeah. Secret Empire ended, Legacy is just beginning, and so we're getting weird kind of like last week had a bunch of like non-story driven transitional one-shot issues for a couple books you know like uh, right. uh, infamous iron man was one and avengers was another one you know avenger last week's avengers was just like they paired off in into twos and were talking about life and it was just like yeah it's it's, it's the you know uh the space filler issues and i right. guess with this week the, the story is a lot of stuff ending but the generations event finally comes to an end um and just continues to baffle yeah especially i mean we have we had Generations Miles Morales colon Spider Man and Peter Parker colon Spider Man, and then we had Generations Sam Wilson colon Captain America and Steve Rogers colon Captain America. They should have figured out which name would come first in which title. But yep, yep. Um, <laughs> Spider Man was cool because Ramon Perez drew it. It, but, it was that was great. That was the highlight of the whole thing. But that's about so all I, I he, can say here, about that. Here's really. my pr- here's my problem about the entire Generations event, right? And I'll glad you know, like this this is the whole thing is that. If you're going to do an event where the premise is that a handful of heroes get snatched at a time and visit their predecessors or whatever at various points in times, that's fine. That's a cool concept. But you need to take it a step further and write the rules and have the rules be consistent throughout them. So both of these books suffered in that in that in the Spider-Man book, Miles blinks into the past and he's in 60s garb. Right. Right, when no right. other character changed the way they looked, they all popped it as they looked at the moment it happened. So, like, why did that happen, right? But they're also in '60s garb, but in a world of cell phones and other right. Things. Yeah, well, that's that's the, that's the that's the ever changing uh, window of the of the Marvel history, right? I mean, that's yeah. But um, but I, I I care less about the I care less about the cell phones. I care more about the fact that his costume he was wearing '60s clothes over his costume. How did that work? Like, it 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 just it. It, it it doesn't line the up Beyonder. with the books. Can't, you can't you can't. Uh, if it, if can't this turns out it. to be the Beyonder, then I will I will eat my hat. So <laughs> I, I will say, bravo, well played, Marvel sir, well played. Because I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking through the Spider Man book and it looked it looked really great. It, it looked was great. really it looked beautiful. Um, yeah. Good Perez. Good Perez. Uh, yeah. but, but again, I just don't know what we're supposed to learn here, other than you know, Peter showed his. Is is less confident side to Miles and showed that it was okay to be scared, is okay to be uncertain. I guess. Uh, I guess that was the lesson he learned from it. 
But again, I don't know the point. Like for the Falcon one, for the Captain America one. Well, so moving he on. To, we'll move on. He to Captain, an entire lifetime. Well, that's the thing. So moving on to Captain America, the problem here was that Sam Wilson goes back to World War II and meets young Steve Rogers, which is which is fine and like and all stuff. But then he stays and lives an entire life to the point where he sees himself as a younger self as Falcon. And at that point, I just threw my hands up and go, "Well, what? Nothing matters. Nothing. What is the <laughs> phrase? Nothing matters. Nothing makes sense. Nothing, right? Yeah. What right? That's, like, how does that work? Yeah, that that when he started to age, I was like, wait a minute, what? Because right. everyone else had hung around for maybe a day, a couple hours. Right. This was like he fought the entire war, lived the life, became a minister, becomes a minister, right? Because <laughs> of all the civil rights movement, I was just like, what am I? What? What? It was a nice story. Like as like if you just handed me this comic and it's like, oh wow, that's a nice Falcon story. Like it had all this kind of tones. Of it as the the rap the last chapter of generations, it made no sense whatsoever because that did not happen to any of the other heroes. Why did he not go back? Why why right. and at what point when everyone went back to the moment in time? Did how did Fal like it breaks the laws of fucking quantum fit like quantum time travel like <laughs> like like he snapped he went back into the past he had to go back he never went back. Just let him go, Connor. Let him go. <laughs> that's that's. Wow. It right? was weird. He, yeah, he didn't he only goes back once he dies of old age. Yeah. He doesn't go back. So technically Falcon never that never doesn't exist, but he watched himself become Falcon and become Captain America, which makes no sense. Well, he he goes back at the very end and he's being interrogated about Kobik. Yeah. Um for the last couple of pages and then uh that he gives the shield back to Steve. But Does he go back when he dies? Yeah, once he dies of oh, old age in the past. Oh, that's when he, he goes he, back. Okay. He, he, All right. Ron, I like that all that was for nothing. Yeah. Ron, he leaps back in time. Okay, got uh, it. And he, he rejoins uh he rejoins um Dr. Samuel Beckett. But um, <laughs> he's the dark leaper. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now this one it got increasingly more ridiculous as I yes. as the pages went on. I was like, wait, he's still he's still there. Yeah. He's still there. I I, it's, I it's just it's just so it's so weird. And so like that's the thing is that like I get the concept of this, of the generations and stuff like that. The problem is that you got to write the rules and everyone's got to stick to it. That's my biggest complaint about it. Yeah. So. What a weird, what a weird event. What a weird, weird event. So, well, didn't read now. a word of it. So moving but on. I really enjoyed you two talking about it. I'm it was miss. so weird. I'll be honest. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. <laughs> so <laughs> quick break to tell you how you can help iFanboy. We've got the t-shirt store, which is at iFanboy.threadless.com, Josh. Yes. We've got uh, five designs at the t-shirt store. Two are the classic shirts, the fanboy shirt and the Herm shirt. We've got three new shirts, the Pick of the Week podcast shirt, the rating shirt, and our brand new t-shirt, the If One is Electro shirt. And we'll have more shirts coming throughout the years to come. Throughout quick, the years to come. <laughs> quick, quick note, guys. I was listening to last week's show. Yeah. And uh, we got to this portion of the show. You were talking about how great the Electro shirt was, and I couldn't help but agree. And then, you were, you, Ron, you threw off a little side comment about how the person that designed that shirt should be commended. And I was like, oh, he's going to say something nice about me. And then he proceeded to take full credit for designing the Electro shirt when I was, I'm standing here holding the sketch I made. No, 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 no. I meant the actual yes. – I meant no. the, the actual – sketch of the Electro shirt. No, I know that. No, kudos to you for the concept. I was referring to the person who we paid to actually do it in <laughs> design. I meant the actual mechanical of it. Connor, can I just good idea? Can I just go ahead and say I got my electro shirt this week? 
Yes. Uh, I went with the tri-blend cotton. Uh, love that shirt. That's it's a good like shirt. They make some good shirts. I was very no, that just but like overall, I was I was like, it was a good shirt. So I was I was happy. I was happy to hey, wear listen, it. It was team effort, Connor. Bravo to all of us. We all did a good I job. Didn't do a thing. I didn't do a thing. I said, yep, no, yeah. Hey, Josh, that's management. I believe. I know. <laughs> Actually, I believe what I said was, well, this is stupid. <laughs> but, uh, but again, not in a bad way, and I think yeah. I communicated that effectively. Yeah. com. Also, ifanboy.com slash support as you find our Amazon link as we start wheeling away into the holiday season. I'm sure there's already commercials for Christmas shopping. You can do your Amazon shopping via that, that page. You can make that link, your your dedicated link on your browser, never think about it again. And we think everybody does that. Lots and lots of people do that every year. And, and it really helps us out. Uh, you can also, on that page, find a direct donation link for PayPal for eccentric billionaires or even, let's face it, 100 millionaires. We'll take your, take your end-of-the-year tax uh, shelter money. We are Is not. We are not uh, discerning. Three B. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we we will not put it. We will not look a gift horse in the mouth. So you can do that all the time. Do I, 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 we do not want horses. And finally, good, clar- good clarifications. Thank you, John. Sorry. Right, just- it ends up being more expensive than it's worth. Also, finally, f- Patreon.com/slash/fanboy. That's where we become a patron, and we're about four hundred dollars away from the next unlocking the next thing, which is the non-comics media podcast. And if you're a patron, you get your own superpower. You get to have some fun prizes. You get to hang out at the monthly hangout, which is happening very soon. We'll talk about the end of the, of the show. And uh, you get to vote every week in the patron pick. So there's lots of things, fun things happening at patreon.com. Important note for the patrons, all patron rewards up to this show have been mailed out. So um, if you do not receive, for those of you who are waiting on your rewards, um, there's only a handful of you. There, there only Since the last round, there wasn't a lot, which I, honestly, I was hoping for more. Um, give me more work. But um, the uh, if you don't receive your rewards within the next week, uh, then they're lost in the mail. Get in touch, and we'll we'll hook you up. We'll take care of it. But everyone who's been waiting for it, you've been patient. You're awesome. It's coming, sealed with a kiss. Patreon.com/ifanboy. Thank you very much. All right. Wonder Woman 31. This is the first issue. Of James Robinson taking over the, the book with the art new, by Carlo. The New World Order. Sorry, Carlo. Pagulion. Yeah, he he was a big Hulk artist back in the day. Pagolian. Pagolian. Yeah. Bogovich. Bogovich. Chicago. Yeah. Carlo Bogovich on art. Um, this was the best issue of our Wonder Woman in this volume by far. Wow. By far. By far. Wow. It's 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 Rucka's favorite thing to do, and Rucka we like a lot, but is not connected, just historically on that character. And the last arc, the less said the better. Um, but uh, this was a fun Wonder Woman as a superhero story. I mean, imagine that. Also, I was really shocking that it took them this long after that movie came out. Like one of the biggest movies of the year. You know, every, everyone's talking about it. And then to, to go into the arc they had previously was a real shocker. But here you have finally high quality people on art and writing. And here we have, uh, did you guys read this? No. We had uh, Hercules, also the also the daughter. I mean, the, the son of Zeus. So we've established now that Wonder Woman is the daughter of Zeus. So Hercules is technically her, her brother, but he's living uh, in the Pacific Northwest you know, alone in a cabin, wants to be left alone. But Darkseid's daughter shows up, and kills him, and takes his life force, and goes to the Darkseid baby, and 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 injects him with it. And now he's a Darkseid teenager. Oh Jesus! So she's. she's I, mi- uh, I miss Darkseid baby already. I I just got to know Darkseid baby. Also, there's a cameo from Hercule Poirot for all those classic mystery fans. Oh, wow. So James Robinson play, writing on brand. So uh, <laughs> I just hate that he's always trying to come up with something to get the kids interested. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so now uh, we see that that the story this story is that Darkseid's daughter is going around killing the old gods in order to steal their life force and power the new gods. Right. I like that. Her father, Darkseid. So uh, really, really awesome comic up there in the running for pick of the week. Uh, really good stuff. Cool. Well, it's like James Robinson Wonderama because we had the last issue of Nick Fury uh, this week. We, yeah, I didn't expect that. Yeah, but neither did but, I. Yeah. But then I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, yeah. like, like this concept of these little one-shots yeah. of Nick Fury, like, this was a good little ending. This will be a good mm-hmm. trade paperback. And honestly, if they had done this when Nick Fury's son was first introduced, I probably would have been less vitriolic towards the character. Because it gave That's a, a really sen- good point. It, it gave a sense of legacy. It gave a sense, ironically, um, it gave a sense of connection to Nick Fury and all that sort of stuff. And not to mention, like someone recently asked me why I'm frustrated about comics these days, and I uh, my answer was um, because shut up, mom. <laughs> my answer was is because because I, I, I and as we talked a lot about the show is that I really feel as if the art in comics these days are lacking, and that they're either. You know, typical superhero, Marvel style, DC style, they both have their house styles, you know, kind of typical, you know, what you would expect, or they're so subpar or so digital or all this sort of stuff. And also, nobody was doing anything that was wholly unique in a style. Mm-hmm. But this Akko guy, like, whatever he does next, I am all over. Like, I agree with you. Yeah, like, like, yes, it's easy to draw the comparisons to Marcos Martin, but he's doing something beyond just being kind of like Marcos Martin or Pablo Rivera. Like, he's got his own thing going on, and it is good. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you, as you look through this, there's little things that you find all over the place where he's pushing the barriers of sort of standardized... Con- and I, I've never heard of this person before. Right, neither have I. And, and I'm getting a, a lot of... I mean, obviously, there's some Steranko in here. There's a lot of yes. things going on. There's there's Kirby. He's breaking panel borders in a couple of places where it's super interesting. Um, and, and to be fair, this is a really good stage for him to come out because it's not it's not a heck of a lot of plot. I mean, it was right. designed for him to draw it like this, it seems. So that's kind of cool, and we don't get that very often, which is why six issues, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't need to yeah. keep reading this forever. Yeah, but, it, was um, a good, it was a nice little package. You didn't yeah. need yeah. more. But, but it's I, like, I, I want to know what he does next, so... It was like, can can you do for Nick Fury for Fatherhood what you did for Starman, but in six issues with no plot? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure, we'll do that. We'll this wrap was, it up easy. This was great. So, Ron, last time we talked about Nightwing, uh, the New Order, was we, we both enjoyed it. Did you continue reading it? Oh, yeah, I continued reading it. So this is, is I'm sure Josh doesn't know because he's been listening to the show, this is a Elseworlds book that is not called an Elseworlds book because DC won't use that title anymore, but it's Nightwing, the New Order. In a future, and it's a six-issue miniseries. In a future in which Nightwing has gotten rid of all the superpowers in the world, uh, his son has superpowers, and so this because of Corey, because of what's his mother is, what's her face, is Starfire. Starfire, that's right. With the boots. So uh, Nightwing, I, I, so here we have the manifestation of his son's powers. He's got to deal with the fact that his he leads this international task force eliminating superheroes, and now his son is one, and. his, I like the still run. I thought the hair continued to be ridiculous still. Which is great. Uh, I think the hair needs to be ridiculous. It's an important part of it. Um, they definitely cut at the heart with uh, what happened with uh, uh, with Alfred. Yes. Uh, that was that was very that was very painful. Um, we got a little more background into the world that the, the how it's been created. Um, this is Elseworlds. I love it. I, yeah. hope they, I hope they do more stuff like this. This is just bananas Elseworlds, which you know I love so. And it looks great. Trevor McCarthy's art's really strong and uh, really fun little story. Yeah, Nightwing story. Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. So. Archie24. Want to check in with Archie. 
This is uh, the aftermath of the horrible drag racing incident between Archie and Reggie that led to Betty Cooper getting paralyzed. Jesus and now she's... I'm having a lot of hard. I'm having a lot of hard times with with comics right now, and the the the, the, the paralyzing of Betty Cooper is near the top. But uh, <laughs> I, just, I just she, love Connor comes home and just is he's he's, he's rubbing his forehead and he's going I, this Betty Cooper thing. I just can't take it. I can't. I can't deal I, with. I it. actually I picture it more like he came home and he went. Uh, you know what? I I need to escape in these comics. Yeah. Flip flip flip. Oh come on. <laughs> That's this kind of. Too? So the first, I, I thought of you guys as reading this because the very first page, is, this issue is all about her, you know, home from the hospital. Yeah. The very first page is her in her wheelchair looking up at the stairs of the school saying, I got this. Oh, Jesus. Um, but this issue is all about how the town is adjusting to their favorite daughter being paralyzed and the fundraisers and the, the tension between the families. They live next door to each other, but now the Coopers won't talk to the Andrews because they, they hold Archie responsible, even though it wasn't his fault. It was Reggie's fault. Um, Reggie getting arrested, all kinds of things happening um, as Betty learns to deal with her new life. And she's maybe not as strong as she portrays herself to be uh, to everybody else. It was a really you know, nice little issue. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep going with this um, book, but I have been enjoying this particular arc, even though it, it stings me in my heart. Has he been writing it for two years? Is it, I don't know. If it's, is it monthly? Is it biweekly? I don't, I don't okay. even know. I, don't, I, don't, I, assume, I assume so. Yeah, I think oh. so. Yeah. Time has no meaning. No meaning. No, that's true. Um, but yeah, I guess yes. No, crazy. Real quickly, the Commandy Challenge number nine, a story by Tom King, but art by Kevin Eastman. Yeah, that's worth I, wa- I, worth the worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, I, w- I wish I just saw this, and I, I wish somebody had mentioned it beforehand. It it looks great. Yeah, it does. It's all it's kind of black. It's it's black. I mean, it's not truly black and white. Um, and note note by the way, it's got inks from Freddie Williams the third, which we, yeah, yeah I, we remember. second, yeah, second. It's got grayscales. Gray yeah, it's got it's, it's grayscales. It's it's definitely it's it's a you know there's a little hints of blue here and there and things like that. But it, mm. and and it all takes place inside a cave, so that design like that look makes sense for the story. Um, yep. and, the, and Tom King did a really great job of kind of paying tribute to Kirby through this, um, do, in it as well, too. Um, do we have to tell people who Kevin Eastman is? Yes. The co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, of, of, of Maine. Yeah. Um, but boy, he still got it. Still got it. Really good. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's more impressive than I thought it would be. Yeah. So. Southern Bastards number 18. Uh, it came back for the first time in a while. This one, uh, Jason Latour written, Chris Bruner or Brunner uh, drawn. The, the I kind of te- didn't notice the team. From, oh, I uh, did. The team from Loose Ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I totally noticed. I freaked out the first three pages trying to desperately find the title page because I yeah. could not believe that Jason Aaron had written it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was. I thought this was way over the top. Yeah. And this is an over top. This is an over the top book, but Jason layers a lot of nuance into that over this this was like no nuance when the guy started screaming about al-qaeda being in their town i was like oh god yeah you know what i think i kind of sense that too now that i think about it in retrospect i don't think it necessarily took away from my enjoyment on it but i i think it just i just bumped on it a little i was like that's a thing yeah. i mean it's tough. i don't know it's that tough. i categorize it's it. tough because uh, Aaron and Latour as a team with Jason writing it and Latour defining the look of Southern Bastards is very definitive. And even though Latour and Aaron are so close and Latour is a great writer in and of itself, 
putting Latour and Bruner from Loose Ends together, they have a DNA amongst themselves as creators mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, while, you know, Latour, of course, is co-creator of all these characters and, and worked the story out with Jason, stuff like that, when Jason Aaron's not writing it, you, you, you notice it, and I think that's magnified by Latour teaming up with Bruner for, for the on the art yep. on it. So um, it's their book. They knew what they with it, but I get it. You know, like, I get Connor. I get where you're coming from. I enjoyed it. Do though. we know if this is... This isn't the status quo. No, I don't now, think so. I think they're probably. Just... They're, I have no. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. I'll ask Jason. I'm actually going to see Jason this uh, this weekend, so I'll ask him. This is you know Jason. I do know Jason. Uh, oh, I, you hadn't <laughs> mentioned. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because this is part four of a storyline. Right. Yeah. I think which was. I think a, they're a doing what they. Thing. I think they're doing what they have to given the schedule issue with with Latour's sure. father passing and all that stuff. So yeah. Okay. So, Fair yeah. enough. Yep. Fair enough. I did, I did not enjoy it. I'm I'm I was happy to see it back. I, it's been, it hasn't been in my stack for two. It made me worried. I went, oh right, right. they have to get this out. That's it, and that's no small thing. So I'm, I'm glad uh, they're get, I'm glad they're getting back to the Earl story. I mean, I enjoy the stuff with the coach yes. and all that stuff, but I'm glad that now we've got her on the scene and and it seems like I she's mean, happening. So yeah. overall, I liked the story it was told. I just didn't yeah. necessarily like the way it was told, but I did like the idea that Earl wasn't this patron saint that we saw in the first couple of or the first issue. You know. That he was an asshole too, so yeah. it makes everything, you know, muddier in a world that's pretty muddy already. Very mm-hmm. muddy. But, but it's also uh, muddy. The patron pick voting. <laughs> Those are the books we're going to talk about. Patron pick happens every week at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can vote. Every patron can vote on the pick uh, every week. And this week was a tight race, guys. We had came down to the wire. The second place book crawled to the top and almost caught the first place book, uh, but it didn't work. The winner was Ducktales number one. From IDW, written by Joe Caramagna, and there's two stories here. Um, it was great to see Joe writing, and not. And I know he's been writing. I haven't read anything Joe's uh, written, but we've enjoyed his lettering for years. So it's great to see him branching out to writing. Yeah, so. he's done. He's done some indie comics. He's done some sort of, uh, you know, like kids stuff, yeah. like you know where they they put them over on the on the young reader kind of stuff. And uh, this sort of is in that vein, but uh, yeah, it was well done. That A lot of part. Italian names. Here, I'm not feel about that, Ron. And he, no, here's the thing. I like it. I like. <laughs> I, I like this. I love. Du- I'm a. I'm an unabashed uh, Ducktales lover and fan. Um, yep. I watched Ducktales originally as as a kid. I love Darkwing Duck. We all know friend of the show, Tad Stones, creator of Darkwing Duck, is is the one of the best people around. Um, I love Uncle Scrooge. I love. Uh, Donald, I love Huey, Dewey, and Louie, I love Launchpad, I love the whole gang, I couldn't be happier that they're back as a cartoon, uh, this comic, I, I really liked it, and D- Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck, I have fond memories as a child in Italy reading Uncle Scrooge comics in Italian, Topo, uh, not Topo Gigio, but uh, what was it, because that, that's Mickey Mouse, but there's a Disney-Italian comics connection that's been around uh, for pa- years. Pa- pa- Panini. Yeah, Panini, exactly. And so if they're picking up any of these artists from Panini, then I, or they just happen to be Italian artists, who gives a shit? But I, I so like that kind of triggered that for me. It was a good, you know, good kind of memories. Zio Paparon. That's what uh, Uncle, Scrooge, Uncle Scrooge in Italian was. Zio say it again, Paparon. say it again. Zio Paparon. I, 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 remember, I remember reading those comics when we were in Italy. It was, it was great. I was in 1982. It was wonderful. So. Two things I, I can't let go here. One, you kind of made it sound like you grew up in Italy, which you didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> two, we we catch Ron for this every time, but I like to point out that Connor just pronounced it Caramagna, which do you have lasagna a lot? Or... Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't think you do, sir. Caramagna. 
Zio Caramagna. Zio Paparon, written by Joe Caramagna. <laughs> uh, this is okay. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, well, no, I, 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 I do. I have criticism. I do have criticism. It wasn't really but, yeah. Ducktales. It was more just. It was Donald. Donald yeah, it was. Yeah, that was my big complaint. Was that it was Donald and the nephews, and the next issue teases Uncle Scrooge. I wanted Duckburg. I wanted yeah. Uncle Scrooge. That's what I. Yeah, this is. I've a read a lot of the Carl Barks Ducks books. I love those yeah. books. So it's hard to compare to the because you know he's a, he's an all time legend. So it's hard to compare. Okay. I mean, obviously this is pale in comparison, but I try not to do that. However, this read like those Donald Duck comics because it was Donald Duck and his nephews doing adventures. Yep. DuckTales, to me, is very specifically Huey, Dewey, and Louie, Launchpad, and Uncle Scrooge. Donald Duck wasn't even in the cartoon. You know uh, what's funny is that like when I was a kid, I always wanted DuckTales to be this. Right. Because yeah. I really like the Donald Duck cartoons. Those are my favorite out of all those sort of shorts from the era. Um, so when I was reading, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this, isn't, this isn't DuckTales, really. But also, I was like, oh, I always liked these when I was a kid, so I was kind of okay with it. No, it um, but totally it's a weird fun. branding. It was, it was a totally, branding thing. Yeah, it was totally fun. And as, as comics, if it had said Donald Duck on the cover, I would have been like, this is terrific. It just was weird that you call it DuckTales and you and you don't have specifically two of the main characters and, as Ron said, the the setting. Whereas the old Donald Duck comics, they were globetrotting adventurers like this, like this, like mm. happened here. Right. Um, it's a duck blur. Totally. <laughs> Danger. Um, but it was fun. I mean, the art was really strong. Yeah. Uh, Josh, this past year, your all ages comics test. Yeah, I thought this was really good and well done. I, I liked that the art wasn't. Um, it wasn't just them doing Carl Barks or staying on Disney model. Like it didn't look exactly like the cartoon. It had it. It had a little bit of. Um, but but we don't know if it looks like the new cartoon because none of us have seen that, right? Maybe that's possible. I've um, seen things where I haven't watched it yet. I'm going home to my sister's this weekend. I hope to check it out on the Disney Channel. But um, yeah, is it on Netflix? Is it on Netflix? I have no idea. It looks it, like the, it, it definitely Netflix. looks like the style of the new cartoon, which is fine as it okay. should. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it was it was it was fine. It was good. Uh, I would I would read this to my kids and see if uh, if they liked it. Which it's, it seemed very good for kids. Definitely seemed good for kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, ratings, ratings. Um, give it three and a half, three point five. I'm gonna give it a four point five only because it was missing Uncle Scrooge and Duckburg. I'm going to actually go with Connor on three and a half. All right. I lo- Sticking with it. Zio. Uh, no, I'm probably not going to read it. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to stick with it. I'm just being honest. I'm sorry. These are kids comics. Yeah. I mean, they're great. I mean, but like there's no continuity, right? Uh, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not helping you answer the great questions of life. Well, I just want to know how much money is in that vault. And if this comic is going to tell me that, then I'll read it. If it's not, then what are you going to do? Really? That's yeah. the thing? The lucky dime. <laughs> Are you surprised? No. <laughs> Josh, are you sticking with it? I, no. Uh, same reason you. Uh, boy, that is one Italian bunch of names at the top, though. I don't know, I don't know why Lu- you're not sticking with it just because of that. Luca Usai, Giuseppe Fontana. Oh, Gi- Giuseppe Fontana. He, yeah. Gianfranco Florio and Giuseppe Fontana and Dario Calabria. I like it. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can vote every week on the Patreon pick to add a book to the rundown. Thank you very much. Zio Pepperon. Topolino. So Topolino. That's what it was called. Topolino was the comics oh, to- I would read. Topo Gigio was, was uh, from right. was, uh, It's All of Yeah, no, but Topoli- Topolino was the line of comics that I, bought, that I got when, in, when, when I was in Italy growing up. What uh, what Ted Adams said was, I want to I want to smell the olive oil coming off the masthead. 
that's that's not. It was <laughs> smell the olive oil. <laughs> you guys, that's a very specific film reference for any of you out there. Um, and it's these not that two nope. The, these two old people here know what I'm talking about. And for anybody else, that's a bonus. And if not, well, sorry. Topolino. Ron, that wasn't Italy. That was Mulberry Street. Yeah, <laughs> Topolino. All right, let's go. Moving on. So every week on patreon.com slash ifanboy, in addition to uh, joining up and getting to vote on the patron pick and joining on other things, you get a you get a power, superpower, a dumb superpower, maybe a cool superpower, a superpower nonetheless. So that's how we like to thank our patrons by giving them a little fun superpower. Uh, last week you guys talked about are we are we over the hump? In what sense? We're never over the hump. You, you guys mentioned that we were like we were we had more behind us than in front of us in terms of these superpowers. Oh, that might be accurate. Matter. I haven't looked at it in that context, but that might be accurate. Anyway, let's start off thanking Howard, the mysteriously one-named Howard. Howard's superpower is that, and you guys are gonna, you guys will know what I'm talking about here. Howard's superpower is that he he disrupts all technology. <laughs> <laughs> is is that little fat boy you, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bubble around him. Things don't work. I just killed right? Ron. The internet doesn't work right. His computer doesn't work right. His phone's never. It just everything is all fucked up. I can't wait for your second power this week. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that was good. <laughs> oh. wow. That was another reference to a thirty-plus-year-old movie. Yeah, there it is. I'm also not going to explain. Oh, God Almighty! <laughs> all right, we want to thank Max Shannon. And cool Max, name. Sounds like a PI. That's from a the great Phoenix. name. Unfortunately, his power is that uh, he has a constant sinus infection, but instead of <laughs> snot, it's gold. <laughs> it's, li- it's liquid gold. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Where where does it come from? I, I don't know. It just go, uh, when when like it hits bullshit. like. Like the thing is, like he can have days and and where he's fine or whatever, but then the right kind of thing happens, and oh, I got a sinus infection again, and he and he and he wipes his nose, and it's just liquid gold. Is it molten? Does it burn him as it comes down? It's not hot, but it is molten, and then as soon as it as soon as it comes in contact with a a, na- a tissue or a receptacle of some sort, then it hardens and just becomes gold. This gold is great, but it's full of Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like you know when metal when you get some solder onto the onto the paper towel, and you can, it's kind of like that. But uh, how often do you solder? I, I <laughs> back in Italy, I used to solder all the time. <laughs> you were just about to go. I solder, <laughs> and I was like, please say it. Please say it. <laughs> I, so I have soldered. man in the world. I haven't soldered in yeah. a while, but I've soldered. My so- I'm, my soldering iron is just out of arm's reach here. My, I, I learned how to solder. I did I, back in the '90s when I was fixing computers. Oh, oh from computers. Yeah. I built so, I built cars as a kid. Yeah. So Max Shannon is the richest man in the world. Then I mean, uh, I mean, also in pain because he's got a sinus infection that just won't go away. I mean, he can be if he if he does wow. it correctly. Like if he knows how to use this this power for good, then yeah. So got to tell you, that's an expensive uh, antibiotic to take. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the risk. So yeah. Wealth or pain. Mary, well, Wealth or that's, pain. A, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought you were making up a name. You were telling me a name of some villain. From some oh, God, good stuff. My goodness, the criminal behind this all is wealth or pain. <gasps> <laughs> it's a very Eddie Izzard thing. Wealth or pain. Cake or death. 
right. moving on. Marianne Borelli, uh, and apologies for the Italian comments earlier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marianne Borelli. Uh, now Han Solo may not want her to tell him the odds, but she always can. She always knows the odds. Instantly, she can assess the situation and knows what the odds are. Oh, interesting. That's a good. That's Mm -hmm. a good power. Should we do this, Marianne? Four and five shots, pretty good. Yep. Interesting. Rely on that data from her. Cool. That's That's a a good power. That's a good one. Yeah. Philip Ricketts. Philip wins every award he's nominated for. Wow, but he's got you <laughs> see, but he's got to be nominated. That's the but thing. The trick is getting nominated. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's that's a good one. If he were somehow to be nominated for best actor in a motion picture, he if, would win. If he could only break into the filmmaking biz. But he has to be good enough to get nominated in the first place. That's the trick. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so now a sweepstakes then wouldn't count. It has to be an award that has a nomination process. Correct. He, he has to be nominated for an award. Every award he's nominated for. What like if a a, what if okay? What if he gets one of those spam messages? It's like you've been nominated for so and so, but he's, it's really just a real estate scam. He's gonna he win. Still he's, win. He's gonna win. He it. somehow wins it, and they're all like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> There's no money. This wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of it. That just happened. Yeah, so there you go. Patreon.com slash fanboy. Thanks for being patrons, Howard, Max, Marianne, and Philip. All right. And, you know, there yeah. you go. Love the patrons. All right, on to your email. We got an email from Jody W. who says, just want to say thanks. Your timing is impeccable. It always is. See, Jody knows. Uh, I, just received, I just received an Amazon Kindle and was looking for some decent black and white comics to read on my new favorite gadget. And behold, the Cerebus cast. Okay. I dabbled in comics in the 90s, Marvel and Image, and came back to comics with the New 52 and Valiant relaunches. I downloaded Cerebus Volumes 1 and 2 from, Sims, from Dave Sims' website, and I'm loving it. Planning on picking up Volume 3 and 4 at once. Also downloaded my favorite Jeff Lemire graphic novels to the Kindle. Congratulations, Jody. Uh, any other black and white stuff you'd recommend? Sure. We, I yes. Think, I think we all could. We, we, let's go around the horn. Josh, you go first. What, what, name one black and white book you would recommend. But you should go for any of Alex Robinson's work, specifically Box Office Poison, which uh, after you read um, Cerebus, you will absolutely see a connection to that yeah. uh, as he's a big Cerebus fanboy, but also extremely talented in his own right. Yeah. Connor, Black and White Comic. Bone. I, r- correct answer. Well done. Why? <laughs> Why? It's good. All right. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a classic. Ep- it's an epic in the same way that Bo- Cerebus is an epic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's great adventure, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's totally good. And then I will recommend my go-to with, with Strangers in Paradise by Terry Moore, which is fa- black and white, fantastic relationship drama, and I'll throw a bonus one in there for you with Love and Rockets. I, so. I also had a bonus, and it would be the 80s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yes. that was going to be my bonus. Good one. Well, Connor, mm. what's your bonus now? God damn it. Sin Bat- City. Sin City? Bat- Sin City? <laughs> nice. All right. And there's also Batman Black and White if you want superheroes. That's true. So there it is. Lots there of black and white comics out there for you. So many. It's fantastic. Let's do one more. Josh from Paw Hatchet, which I Googled because I wanted to add the state and didn't ex- didn't get any hits on. So I don't know if this is what, what really the deal is. It sounds like Rhode Island. Josh from Paw Hatchet. This popped into my head at 4.01 p.m. while listening to Ron and Josh in the Star Wars corner of episode 603. How about a spinoff podcast 15 to 20 minutes long titled Star Wars Corner? Go screw! 
<laughs> All right. If you've got a question, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. Be sure to let us know who you are, where you're from, uh, and how long you've been thinking about it. And please keep it brief and to the point. We thank everyone, even Josh from Paul Hatchet, if you exist. <laughs> we didn't plan that, but I feel like I was set up. I, um, I, I love it when a plan comes together. Okay. Uh, Booksplode was the was the was our show about books. We were just referencing it before, but you should go back in the feed and you should listen to it. We talked about Cerebus Volume 3, which is Church and State Part 1. Yeah, I know that's confusing, but you should listen to it and read it anyway, even if you haven't done all that stuff. Special guest Alex Robinson, Synergy. Uh, we invited on to help give us some context on Dave Simmons' Cerebus, and it was uh, the most enjoyable Booksplode I think we've done in quite a while. And I just got a hell of a book. I got book two arrived this week. I'm very excited book to four. read it. Church of State. Book, volume, volume 4, four book 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man and X-Men. So, also, behind this show, you can find the Star Trek Discovery slash the Orville podcast in which me and Ron and our buddy Mike Romo super nerded out for about an hour about Star Trek Discovery and the Orville. Yeah. Also things we nerded out about. Sound equipment, Disney, fonts. There was lots of nerding out happening on that show. It's a fun show. If you, liked, if you watch Star Trek Discovery, if you watch the Orville, check it out behind the show on the feed. And then coming soon, next week sometime, I think, I hope, there will be another uh, special edition show on the Inhumans pilot, which has just aired, and the Gifted, which just will be airing this week as well. So we'll be doing that show coming up soon, hopefully. Fingers exciting, crossed. Exciting time. Are you ever going to see the Kingsman? Moving on to the <laughs> October Patreon is this week. Yes, uh, you patrons out there, take note. Our, our October patron hangout is going to be early this month, October 2nd at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's Monday. That's immediately the day after this podcast comes out. So we'll post on Patreon so you, all, all you guys know. Uh, but, yeah, please join us on October 2nd for what will be another fun patron hangout where I believe we're going to be doing our Star Wars fantasy draft, correct? We are, and, and we need to figure the rules up before the I, before the Patreon hangout. Yeah, I was going to Connor. You and I need to talk about the Josh, not so yeah. much, but Connor. You know, I have ideas. I have ideas. So. Okay, right, okay. Cool. But that will be happening. We'll be doing the Star Wars fantasy draft as mentioned two shows I, ago. I actually have a larger vision for this that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. Oh no! All right. <laughs> so, okay. Little, if you're a patron, come hang out and check it out. If you want to see that t- conversation, join the patron. Only for a bu- you can do it for a buck. Yeah, I have a good, I have a really good, I have a strong feeling that the Star Wars fantasy draft and and my big idea for the season will be a patron hangout only thing. So if you want to get in on that action, become a patron. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hope I can take part. Uh, head over to ifanboy.com. You'll find all of our other podcasts, uh, and you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy and add ifanboy on Twitter to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out and some other little stuff here and there. And when we put shows up and things like that, keep you abreast of what's going on. And you can, of course, follow us individually, uh, Jay Flanagan and Ronixo on Twitter and Instagram, and C.S. Kilpatrick over on Instagram are the places. And if you like the show, write us a review on iTunes. That's how people find podcasts. And better than that is to tell your friends about our show. Introduce your mom's the podcast, your comic store, anywhere you think the podcast might be fun. Find a nice home. Find us a nice home. <laughs> and and let's, let's not forget what we said last week. Subscribe to that feed. That's right, the feed. Yeah, listen, if you if like if your friend leaves their phone on the bar and go to the bathroom, <laughs> open up their feed. podcast app and subscribe to the feed. Just, I was just saying. Just, I used to... I used to do that in Apple stores, like when we first started the show. Yeah, I just subscribed their Mac to our show, and maybe, and maybe that's why we're paying the price twelve years later. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Listen, just subscribe to that feed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this will work. 
Also, if you're if you work at a bar and you have a, you have an iPod that plays music or, yes. or a phone, just subscribe to the feed. Subscribe to the feed, yeah. or play the play the show over at the bar. I'm sure people would love it. Yeah. <laughs> the hell is this? Especially at sports bars on Sundays, do that. They love that. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. And I'm Josh. Good night, everyone at the bar. I'm sorry. Try the wings. No castration, no high